Hey guys, it's me, Judy, back on the old and new today, again. And this time, we're going to be talking a little bit about a mummy. Just to start us off, I'm going to give a quick definition of what mummies are like and what these things are classified as. So, as we might know, there were some very famous mummies of ancient Egypt that existed. And so, these mummies were mostly man-made. And they were dry, so they were humanly embalmed and dehydrated and treated so that their bodies would not decay. And actually, mummies could be classified in sort of two ways. So one way is that whether they are hydrated or not. So the mummies of ancient Egypt were largely dry, given the climate of the place. And there's also this very famous mummy in China that is, in fact, not dry. And so when she was discovered, you could see that her skin was still very vibrant and you could touch it and it wouldn't be dry. And it was because she was kept in an airtight environment and so on. So she looks less good now, but you could still see that she is not a dried out body if you go and see her in a museum. Um, and another way that people could classify mummies in is that the environment in which they were made. So, for example, like we mentioned, the mummies of ancient Egypt were most likely, well, man-made in tombs, but then also um, some older ones of ancient Egypt were actually made by nature. So those who buried their deceased ancestors in the desert because it was so dry actually um the desert naturally took out the moisture in the dead bodies and thus natural dry mummies formed within that environment so mummies could also be found in places such as glaciers and this one that we're going to be talking about today is one of such a case so he's called otzi the iceman and he was named after the area of the Alps that he was found in sort of Austria, Italy sort of region. So he's sort of European. And he was buried in ice when he was discovered by some hikers in 1991. These hikers were some advanced hikers and they were going in a remote region in the Alps. And incidentally, it was after a warm summer. So the body managed to be unearthed by some melting ice and snow. Originally, when they passed him, they thought he was a dyed hiker, some unfortunate person that tried climbing the area of the Alps and died, and their body was left there. So when they tried to dig him up, they actually initially used drills, which damaged his body, unfortunately. But they didn't know who or how old he was, so... I guess that's just how things go. Um, they ended up having to melt the ice around his body to release his body from the snow. And when they discovered his belongings bit by bit, they sort of slowly realised that he might not be as new or contemporary as they thought he was. So here are some belongings that he had with him that were sort of interesting or notable. First of all, he had some very cool shoes. 
And we say that not because they might be up to today's standard, of course, but they were very useful nonetheless. So the guy had hay for insulation wrapped around his feet and then some very carefully woven string to tie that together as an outer layer. And then on top of that, animal hide acted as an extra layer, which helped him gain grip on the slippery snow and ice. And he had a cloak, pelts made of animal skin, and notably a bear fur hat. The reason why this is significant is because the animals that he used the skins of could have been domestic animals, such as goats and so on. But a bear could not have been domestic. We think he probably hunted this bear himself, and so therefore this hat that he owns might be an emblem of his achievements and possibly status within his community. He was also carrying bunches of arrows and a quiver. So from some investigation, we can tell that these arrows were made by two different people, some of which were unfinished, actually. So we could tell that, well, he most definitely belonged to some sort of colony of people. And we also found an axe alongside him. It had a handle made of yew wood which was a sort of wood that excreted very little tree sap, which means that it was easy for grip and it wouldn't get sticky very easily. And the remarkable thing about this axe is that it had an almost 100% copper tip. And this is notable because it tells us what period he was from. And it also provides evidence for something that we're going to be talking about a little bit on another episode, which is the Copper Age in Europe. It's an age that doesn't exist in all places um, where there's ancient civilizations on the earth, but does exist in Europe um, following the Neolithic age, which is what Neolithic literally means new stone age, right? So it's the age where people have started using copper in replacement of stone. So apart from this axe, he also had a bunch of tools. He had a utility belt, which was made of animal skin again, and this includes a sharpened flint dagger and a sheath for it. He also had a quite cool retasha, which was made with a piece of wood and a piece of antler, which is stuck on the end of it so that it looks like a giant pencil, but it's used to sharpen his flint dagger. Overall, Archaeologists found that he was carrying over 60 pounds of luggage with him. For example, this includes two containers that were made of birch bark, carefully sewn and glued together. It was sort of like his Neolithic Age suitcase. Within these containers, he had fungus and iron pyrite that he was carefully carrying Using leaves as insulation, he could easily start a fire. And he also was carrying some fungus, which people found that were medicinal because they had antibiotic, styptic, which means it helps stop bleeding, and properties that release stomach pain. He also was carrying a stone disc, 
which had tassels made of animal skin attached to it. It's sort of like a keychain. Archaeologists think that maybe he carried his small animals that he hunted with this by tying the string around the animals. So how old exactly is he? Well, carbon dating reveals that he is about 5,300 years old, having died 5,000 years prior. And maybe this isn't exactly contextual or meaningful. So for reference, he was earlier than the Egyptian Old Kingdom, which is when the majority of the large pyramids that we see now were built. And also for those in the UK, he was earlier than the Stonehenge. So who was he? Why was he travelling? And most importantly, how did he die? Well, we'll cover that in the next episode. So that's the end of today's episode. Thank you very much for listening. I will see you next time.